it changes my whole demeanor. I don't want to be a senior VP. I want to be a guy who comments on the squatty potty. <laughs> like, oh, God, people are going to be like, I want senior VP comments. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> I'm Jory Monroe, and this is Another Bite, where we rewatch all the latest and greatest pitches from Shark Tank, and if we're being honest, some of the not-so-great ones. Joining me today are John Dick. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Ariel Boswell. Hey, all. Oh, this team is so cool. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> I love it. Clearly, I'm already coming in really hot today. I don't know. I hope everyone's here for it. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about a great way to bring play and crochet to your day, a product that lets you just whine about it. And first, we've got actually a product that is in the business of helping you do yours. So first up in the tank, we've got Squatty Potty. And when I tell you I was so ready for this pitch because my husband uses Squatty Potty religiously, I was surprised it was even a Shark Tank uh, product. So Bobby Edwards and Judy Edwards are a son and mom duo. Uh, they really lean into the family narrative throughout their pitch. And they come to the sharks asking for $350,000 for a 5% stake in their business, which shakes out to about a $7 million valuation. So essentially the pitch is pooping, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> the sitting position of the American toilet puts you in such a position with your you know, internal muscles that uh, really leads to constipation and colon issues. So the goal of the squatty potty is to get your feet in sort of a more natural human position so that everything just moves well, it flows well. Jerry, I just wish you had brought up the uh, detailed anatomical slide that you know, the mother did on the pitch. <laughs> yes, it was a full-on biology lesson, I felt yep. like. <laughs> I learned some things. Like I was like, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> it was color-coded. I was like, ah, oh, yes. I suddenly I mean, know everything about the American colon. <laughs> anatomically, we have a muscle called the puborectalis muscle that wraps around the base of our colon, forming a kink. And when we're sitting on the toilet, this kink only partially relaxes. And only when we are in a squat position does this muscle completely relax and allows us to have a complete and full elimination of our waste. So we've come up with a perfect solution, squatty potty. I think the sharks were also intrigued, but also like slightly kind of on the fence about this pitch because they, I don't know if you caught this, but they actually interrupted the pitch. They didn't even let uh, Bobby finish his final sentence. And Mark was like, all right, Talk to me about profits. How do you squeeze out a deal out of this one? <laughs> Golden. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're asking for a very fair valuation for a product that actually is going to work. Like, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, like the sharks got like all critical. They were like, well, this is going to be an educational sale. And we were like, no, 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 no. Like, you're just going to tell people that you're going to have a much better time using the toilet. And everyone is going to think that sounds like absolutely incredible and especially when they see that it doesn't take any major like you just basically like prop your feet up it seems actually quite comfortable i don't know they asked for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for five percent yeah so that like uh shakes out to about a seven million dollar valuation seven million dollar valuation but they've been growing revenue incredibly Yes, so the first year, million dollars. Second year, $2.7 million. And in the third year, 
of being in business, they had done $2 million in the first two quarters. But it seems like what was interesting uh, with their like uh, revenue is a lot of holiday shopping drives a lot of sales. So while it was $2 million in the first two quarters, they were like, by the end of the year, because of all that holiday shopping, we'll get to $7 million. Yeah. So they're somewhere between their their run rate revenue right now would be have them at basically four million dollars. Like if they just dragged the spreadsheet and didn't grow at all, they'd do four million dollars this year or that the year that it was they were they were pitching. And they're estimating with that holiday upside, they'll get to seven million. So they're somewhere between four and seven million dollars. And they're basically asking for a seven million dollar valuation. I don't know. It's not. That's not wild to me for a product that is literally has the TAM of every household in the world. The total addressable market. Yeah. Price to 25 bucks, unit cost of 450. They're spending a little bit higher than they need to, I think, on probably sales and marketing. I think if they just get it into into retail and consider even raising the price a little bit, I bet a lot of people will buy it. So Jory, I don't know if it's like just like our partners thing, but my boyfriend did the same thing and bought a squatty potty for every single bathroom of the house. Literally, that's like he's all about optimizing time, getting things done, efficiencies, like, you know, engineering life. But like I, after like personally using it, I'm like, it does make a difference. But if I was someone that never utilized this product before, I'd be like, this is weird. I do think that both of your observations that what like, oh, wow, like these just ended up in my home somehow and I was skeptical. I think that men have a long history of looking for bathroom innovation, especially bathroom innovation that is named in hilarious ways. Uh, dude wipes. Dude wipes were a massive hit for a while, right? And I think with just the right promotion on the right podcasts and the right YouTube channels, I think they could basically reach an entire population of people with disposable income who want bathroom innovation uh and and I think it'll I think it'll do incredible. And that seems like a little bit what they were doing, right? Like they they had mentioned that they were like on Dr. Oz, which is like that daytime like TV show that talks about like health and wellness, but they it seems like they're still tr- they were at the time at least like leaning into the distribution channels of people that might be interested or at least just like made aware of this type of product too. Yeah, they were on uh, Howard Stern, they were talking mm-hmm. about, which seems like a very good fit for it. And I actually think, I think Howard Stern actually pushed it a lot. Like, I think Howard Stern actually pushed it to, like, yeah, pretty, it, it pushed it to uh, the next level. And <laughs> What did it do, John? Uh, <laughs> pushing. Oh, gosh. I got, I, you know, I started talking about pushing it, and then it was like, I can't talk about that. I, anyway, uh yeah, I think Howard Stern's a perfect fit. I think they could, with for not a lot of money, get massive distribution on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good PR, you know, that really does drive kind of that buzz and awareness and market. So I think what's interesting is they were able to take that good, like, publicity and actually make it into something, like, longevity-wise. Because I feel like that's always such a trouble with, like, virality. You, like, have that moment. You have, like, a lot of eyes on, like, your product or your service or your business. And it's like, how do you actually keep that going into something? So. Yeah. So let, let's talk about their go-to-market because it's basically they're like, hey, right now we basically sell direct-to-consumer through a little bit of advertising. I think they were actually paying Howard Stern for his promotion mm-hmm. of it. They but, were. Um, yep. I think it took on enough of a life of its own that he might have just continued to push it, Ariel. Like, I'd actually be interested to know, like, what percent they paid for and what percent they didn't. But that's, like, their only distribution channel. And what's interesting is they're like, we want to go into the medical device channel. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, you know, that to me, like – 
that doesn't scream out to me as the channel where they're really going to succeed. It feels like retail is actually the place that they're they're really going to crank. And I think in truth, mm. it just makes it like easier to poop and they should maybe <laughs> just like lean, lean into the more functional benefit than like the medical upside of it. Everybody poops. Get your I'd device. I'd reposition them. I'd reposition them a bit. They really try to go in from like the FDA like approval angle too, which I thought was a very interesting play. When it's like, no, it's a universal. It's a universal. Uh, I think the tam, the tam is so much bigger. Even though yeah. I think the thing is, if well, if you go a medical device path, you can charge much more, right? Because it right. gets caught up in the whole medical. I don't know what they do. They call it the medical industrial complex. That feels like <laughs> they should. You know what I mean? It gets caught up in that whole yeah. medical industry and all the the price gouging that happens there. So in theory, they could charge more per unit, but I feel like the, the TAM is just so much smaller. If they go that way, to your point, Ariel, like every, this is a universal problem and uh, focusing it that way would, would be much more successful for them. In terms of like the deals while they were on Shark Tank, um, so it started with Kevin. Uh, he offered 350K for 10%. I always like it when the sharks like up the ante where they're like, that's jump change, 5%. I would never. Um, <laughs> Rob and Mark went out. Barbara was like interesting. I think Barbara gets some of those comments in where she's like, you seem disingenuous. I'm not going into business with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was uh, then Lori who kind of takes up the the bidding game at uh, 350 for 10% as well. Um, and I think they they really were like, you know, you need to be careful with your negotiation here because you both want the the shark partnership that will get you to like get those phone calls answered with like the FDA compliance kind of co conversations. Um, but you also want us to uh, go in for 5%. Um, so ultimately, they did end up taking Lori's offer. So that 350K for 10%. Uh, so it yeah. was a successful shark deal. Yeah. yeah. I love how uh, Mark called it out. And Mark is like always like one of my favorite sharks because I feel like he genuinely, not to say that the other sharks don't, but I feel like he takes that extra step to like make sure like, hey, are you thinking this through? Or even if he's mm -hmm. out of a deal, he'll still like offer advice. And I love how he still kind of, you know, puts himself in the position of the entrepreneur. And I think, and I always just really appreciate whenever he like, calls that out when things are really like in the heat of it with the sharks. Yeah. Well, there's two mistakes that I think the entrepreneurs made here, the Squatty Potty family made here. One is that I think it was actually asking for 5%. I think, you know, this is just, you. if you've watched any Shark Tank, you know, like 10% is like, that's what really gets them interested. That's when there's blood it's in the water. Stakes. Yep. You know, and it's like, it's, so they got to 10%, but without raising, they just said like, okay, cool. You know, instead of, you know, asking for $350,000 for uh, 5%, they maybe should have asked for like, I don't know, four hundred dollars or $500,000 for 10%, mm -hmm. right? And just like kept a little more value for themselves. I think that was one error. And the other error was actually, I think, um, I think if you are rolling your mom out <laughs> to pitch, you gotta make her. You gotta make her the hero. Make her like, work. Mo moms are moms are incredible. Moms are incredible. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier for the sharks to say no to the, that guy than they are to, than to say no to a mom. I think I think they should have leaned much harder on Judy. I think if Judy had been driving the negotiation, I think they would have had more offers on the table. And that's not just because Barbara had that weird reaction to uh, him. I just think that was a strategic error by them, and she should have been the face of the whole thing. 
especially because in the beginning, like part of their pitch was like, we're a family you want to work with, right? And then they just didn't lean on that ever again. So it, it yeah. felt like um, kind of like discontinuous narrative as they started to go into the pitch. Well, listen, as a guy named John, I'm all in on this. I am just so all just in on this toilet innovation. <laughs> well, don't worry about Judy because Squatty Potty is not going anywhere anytime soon. Squatty Potty is one of the biggest success stories in all of Shark Tank history. So when they came back for another update in season 11, which was just before the pandemic in like 2020, they had $250 million in sales. Yeah. So they they have become like, gigantic uh, in 2021. They're flush with revenue. <laughs> the juice was worth the squeeze. Oh my God. Actually, John, I like yours better. <laughs> um, so in 2021, Squatty Potty was acquired by consumer product company Atarian for $31.1 million. So it's safe to say that Squatty Potty is number one in the number two business. <laughs> oh my gosh. Next up in the tank, we have Zips. And Zips is a way to drink wine on the go. So essentially this product is a single serve wine company that sells not only wine, but they're like super strength wine glass packaging that's so strong you can stand on it. So the founder, Andrew McMurray, comes to the Sharks asking for $2.5 million for a 10% stake, which puts it at a $25 million valuation. Uh, its whole shtick is that uh, it's got this like patented zip packaging um, and it's really, uh, it's already got some investment behind it, but the purpose of the company is both to license and package really well. So it's trying to get the sharks, all different types of sharks in invested really early. Uh, so thinking about Zips and our single serve wine, what do we think initially of this product? Can I just say, I've never seen someone with so much confidence just stand on top of a wine glass before. Like I, <laughs> I went, wish I could embody <laughs> that like trust and faith in the product. This glass is actually so strong that I can stand on it. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow is right. I also feel too that the serving sizes, I don't know about you all, but when I'm like out with friends, they know that I like to have a BG pour, which is called a big girl pour. I don't like to have a little <laughs> bit of wine. Like yes. I, yeah, if I'm gonna enjoy wine, like I want a BG pour, I want a lot of wine. And I was just like, this single serve, it's, it's, it's not for me. It's not cutting it out for me. I don't know. That's totally fair. <laughs> I think the serving size was kind of small, right? Like yes. it was, it was like the cup of your hands, barely it anything. It was wine for ants. What is this? <laughs> It was it was very full though. Like to be clear, That's like fair. as soon as he tried to get that foil off, it was like splashing out. I was like, it seems like a very very flawed design. Like if you yeah. want single serve wine, in theory, you are getting it for on the go. But assume most people at home are not bringing home a zips to like sit at their counter and watch TV. They're cracking open a box of Franzia or whatever if they're sitting at home watching their TV. <laughs> a box and of Franzia? No, John, I hope not John. <laughs> no. Absolutely no. not. Do I have a? Isn't that a BG pour? No, I mean, this is a BG it's box. Quality, not quantity. Oh uh, well. <laughs> I mean, who knows on the quality? I mean, you know, I think Mr. Wonderful made this point. Ninety-five point 
five or whatever percent of people in America do not drink good wine. They drink Franzia. That's what they're drinking. Two buck chuck. I, I can't I can't hang with those people. <laughs> True. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am so uninterested in this product. I think if you're gonna innovate on packaging for wine, you would think about it entirely differently, right? Like you actually would think about like where are people trying to drink this? Like what package makes more sense? Like can I produce something way cheaper? Uh it feels like I don't I don't I don't know of anybody who's been like, you know what my problem is with single serve wine? It's not in a wine glass. Like nobody has said mm. that problem to me. And I think that's my fundamental issue here. Besides the fact that it was one of the most confusing pitches I've ever heard. Uh, it was super unclear what was happening with the patents. It was super unclear what yeah. the business strategy was. Uh, and it was super unclear why sharks would be interested in it. Other than Kevin, who I guess really just like was like, I'm trying to do a wine deal with Costco and maybe this will get it over the edge is to bring some patented technology to the table. Yeah, I was gonna say when I finally got to like the shark's point and like the back and forth, like Kevin really knew his stuff. And I think, you know, as like an everyday viewer, I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a lot of jargon being thrown <laughs> out here right now. Like, but something that he did bring up that I thought was interesting was what did he say? He had 25 investments and six like advisors or like sporting professionals that were working with this startup, which just to me seems like a lot of folks for what he was mm -hmm. asking for and kind of where his sales have been at. $8.5 million in investments before even coming to the Shark Tank. Yeah. That just yeah, that, that was a lot. Like it a feels more like, yeah, well, I mean, it's like a little more comparable to like a technology company seed round series A. Mm -hmm. Like you'd be like, oh, like, OK, I'm going to take I took a seed round of basically a couple million bucks from some friends. And now I'm coming out to raise, you know, a next round. Even more. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, str I struggle with that. I struggle with that a lot. Yeah, it seems it. like Kevin basically was like, I should do this deal because I think it's going to help me. Uh, there's clearly some blocker with him getting into Costco, and he thinks this is the edge. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing this deal. Yeah, I was surprised by that, too. I was like, oh, there's something mutually beneficial between Kevin to like get in and like leverage this as an opportunity. So I'm very curious to see if it actually like went through. <laughs> it feels like if this group of 25 former Wall Street execs or whatever, you know, was sending him on Shark Tank. It was because they actually really felt like they were blocked, right? Mm -hmm. They must have really been like, we actually don't, like we don't have the right connections. We don't have the right ability to take this the next level because they're basically saying, we're taking on a major new shareholder, uh, giving up a lot of our value to get something in return. And so they must have kind of been like, we'll take, they must have wanted Mr. Wonderful or Robert and said, we'll take any kind of almost any deal there because um, otherwise I'm not sure they would have even gone on the show. And I think it was Robert that like uh, he had a really good point in terms of he was like, I'm really confused about what this pitch even is, right? Like you talk about you want to go into licensing and uh, the biggest deal that this company Zips had had was basically a licensing deal with a large winery to get the product into stadiums with the winery's wine. So not even like Zips wine. Um, and so so Robert was like, you know, I I don't know if this is really like a licensing play, if it's a product play. And I wonder if like to a certain extent, the 25 other investors even knew either. Right. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Are you trying to make this like the licensed packaging of like a bunch of international wine brands that do get into Costco? Or are you trying to also like have your own branded wine? Because it it as the pitch kind of progressed, it, it didn't seem like Zip's wine was really 
what this founder was after. Why is it, why is it called Zips? Did anybody figure that out? So it's, it's because it unzips, right? So but there's the, not a zipper. There's no zipper. It's a tearaway. And that's what Mark was like. He was like, this branding is trash. Um. This, is, this is the Franzia of branding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even having it zips with a Z at the end of it, I'm like, that doesn't make sense either. Maybe like, maybe you could have called it like sips with a Z, you know, or something like that. I don't know. Like at least like speak to the functional nature of it. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't doing it for me. They would do well with the rebrand, to say the least. Yeah. So after our founder, Andrew, goes away and talks to his investors, he does ultimately end up taking Kevin's deal. So Kevin's final deal is he'll give him the $2.5 million for 10% equity with the opportunity to buy another $2.5 million for 10% equity in the event of an exit, uh, which makes it one of the biggest Shark Tank deals in history, right? Yeah, like two point. $5 million and Kevin just throws that down. He's just like, yep, we're done. This let's, is why let's I'm like, it. Kevin really wanted Costco. Was, yeah, Kevin was clearly like, this is my only way into Costco. And they were basically like, without Kevin getting us into Costco, we can't succeed as a business because I, I just don't see how either side would want to do this deal otherwise. Yeah. $2.5 million for a cost per what? Costco acquisition? <laughs> <laughs> cost per uh, Costco. <laughs> okay, so do we think, knowing that Kevin is trying to use this deal to get into Costco, do we think this company is still a company? I could see it selling maybe in like a four pack or six pack at a higher price point if it was direct to consumer, but I... As as a wine enthusiast, or maybe wine snob, maybe that's the <laughs> proper term. I I don't VG see poor. it lasting. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it being like evergreen. Uh, there's no, I I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe they're very successful. Like maybe if they got just right on the packaging deal or something, or maybe if they went licensing instead of trying to like sell their own product in store, maybe they're still around. I don't see it though. I bet they had to shut down. Burn rate was really high, cost really high. They took a lot of money. I bet the investors at some point were like, give us the rest of the money back and let's call it a day. Fair enough. Okay, so they are no longer in business. They are completely out of business. So the biggest deal in Shark Tank history was actually a bust. Uh, but what's worst is that uh, Zips actually never made it to Costco. So like pour oh. one out to Mr. Wonderful because it didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, Bummer. so big bust because that's that's clearly what he wanted Zips for. Yeah, so. you know, he had, he had a box of wine the night that that deal didn't go through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so finally in the tank, we have Woobles. So this actually came um, from... Adrian and Justine, who are essentially selling beginner kits for people to learn how to crochet these cute, adorable little animals. Um, they also have a really interesting online education strategy. They see themselves as an education company on top of like a consumer product. So they come asking our sharks for $250,000 for a 5% stake which puts Woobles up to a $2.5 million valuation. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like this cute little brand uh, to teach everyone how to learn crochet. So very different type of product than both Squatty Potty and Zips, but what did we think of Woobles and their pitch? Hey, Jory, could I ask you maybe to, this is, we don't do this on the pod very often, but what if we start with you? 
You, I don't want to reveal your actual identity in the world, but Jory is an online educator professionally (laughs) for a living. You educate people. Why don't you start? Tell us. Yeah, definitely. In terms of the education platform, I was like absolutely successful because as an online educator, it's not just the product you deliver to people. It's how you make them feel and how you empower them to grow better. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's really important. I think that beyond just the crochet kits, their online crafting platform is probably what's going to take Woobles to the next level and keep it in business. Uh, these crafting kits, I think are really hot right now. Uh, they continue to be after the pandemic, at least in my social circles. So I, I totally get that there's a big call for adults to, to want these types of products, not just kids, although that's definitely a market. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I thought they have tapped into something that, Jory, I think you were completely right. Two incredible things at the same time. One is actually like our need to create. And it does it in a way that like has an incredible education platform that actually helps you learn it really well. Um, Feels like a, a one plus one equals three kind of situation there. The minute I saw them, I was like, these are so cute. I was actually distracted. I had to rewatch um, <laughs> the first half of the pitch over again because I was like, these are adorable. Oh, my gosh. And like, realistically, they are not asking to try and take advantage of a shark here. Like they are, it seems like they don't even need the money, right? And so they're mm-hmm. asking for a very fair valuation based upon their $5.3 million of sales, asking for a $5 million valuation, you know, and they've got amazing margins. It feels like they're not, like they really need the expertise of the shark, it seems like, um, which is always like a good situation to be in as an entrepreneur. I think makes the sharks also like, yeah, trust them a little bit more too and get more excited about the deal. Yeah, I thought their transparency was really interesting, right? Because they were like, we have valued ourselves essentially lower than what we're actually worth because we're coming to you looking for that licensing, looking for that wholesale opportunity, looking for that mentorship. And I feel like if the Sharks weren't all in on it at that point, like hearing why they were actually there and being so transparent helped them all kind of sit up a little bit like, okay, like we hear you, we're here for you. I was curious um, in terms, they started to get into like cost per acquisition. So they had a, uh, they were spending 20% of revenue on advertising. They had a blended cost per acquisition of $16. Uh, The average order value uh, was $57. Let's talk about those numbers just real quick. Yeah, that $16 cost per acquisition, assuming if they're running on like programmatic like display or social media, like that's great to have a cost per acquisition like that. Usually it's, you know, within like 20 or $30. I've seen like cost per acquisition go really high for certain like digital services and like kits and stuff. So I was really surprised to hear like that that shows me that there's like the demand is there. They're really, you know, selling in based off of what they have with the proof points that they have are really strong enough to get folks, you know, invested. Um, And yeah, I, I was very surprised by that cost per acquisition. Yeah, I was just trying to do the quick math on it. So they basically say, what do they spend? Sixteen dollars. Uh, it was their CAC. Mm-hmm. So one framework to evaluate whether that cost per acquisition is reasonable or not is to look at uh, what you call like an LTV to CAC mm-hmm. ratio. Basically, like what's the lifetime value of a customer divided by the customer acquisition cost and um, you certainly want it to be above, uh, you certainly want it to be above one for sure, but I think you would wanna be in a healthy spot of probably like two to three X so you have money to um, run the rest of your business, um, particularly as you're growing. And so they come out at like basically a 3.5 
Oh, nice. Okay. Like, so if you just assume nobody that bought it the first time comes back and buys it again, then it's $57 lifetime value. Divide that by the $16 CAC and you basically get, yeah, 3.5 multiple there. Um, I would actually assume that the LTV is higher. I bet a bunch of people come back and buy more kits. I bet a lot of people gift them um, once they try them the quality is good, which the quality seems to be really good. Yeah, I think they said um, on average their customers purchase like two kits at a mm -hmm. time. Which yeah, is at a time. Amazing. Which which gets them there like $57. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're right on the money, which is like the thing we need is licensing. We need uh, we need the Disney characters. Mm -hmm. Everybody we wants need to Baby sit. Yoda. <laughs> we need Baby Yoda. Heck yeah. Do you know how many people would have been crocheting Baby Yoda? <laughs> so many. So many. Yeah. So I think what was interesting too is they they really also uh, seem to be really invested in keeping it to crochet. Like I definitely see like the the future of this platform growing to the many different types of crafts that people can learn. Um, but it, it seems like they're also really focused on like perfecting this one area before branching out too quickly, which I think is really smart. You know. I think a lot of, I mean, we even saw it with like the zips. What are you trying to accomplish? Too um, many things. Are you things. trying to be packaging? <laughs> are you trying to be actual wine? Are you licensed? Like, what are you trying to do? So I, I always appreciate when at least an entrepreneur is like, you know, hey, this is my focus. I built this up and this is really well thought out. The foundation's solid before expanding or talking about like product expansion. Yeah. And I think the thing about video-based education that is really interesting is that I do think actually like brand carries a lot of weight mm -hmm. um, in the sense that if you trust a brand to educate you, like you put the time in to learn it. You can look at like Khan Academy as a mm -hmm. interesting model, right? Where like essentially just started out doing high school math or whatever, or even, even yeah, I can't remember, middle school math or something. And now the catalog of stuff is just massive. And I feel like so many people rely on them to learn very, you know, all sorts, all sorts of things related to their career and their life and everything. So I don't know. I think it's smart to do something well. I think it's fun to come in with a fun angle on it to do it. And then I hope that they do expand. Definitely. So getting into the deals of this episode, we kind of had a bit of a feeding frenzy here, right? Because you had Kevin come in, kind of standard Kevin, 250K for 10% kind of <laughs> interested, mm -hmm. but not not blowing them out of the water. <laughs> um, but then we started to get this interplay between Barbara and Lori, right? So Barbara was first on the table. She said, okay, I'm going to give you 300K for 10%. Lori immediately matched that offer. So then Barbara was like, all right, well, I will give you 350K for 10%. Lori jumps back in, all right, 300K for 8%. And my mentoring is worth it, which is kind of like a little knock at Barbara. <laughs> but what I thought was the most interesting is the sharks started to partner up. And and at the entrepreneur's request, right? Like yeah. They were like, how about two sharks go in together? Which I think is always awesome. I love that. Yeah, they, they were a little sharky themselves. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised to see them go in together at anything under 10%. I feel like anytime mm -hmm. you ask a shark for under 10%, it's just straight up offensive to them. So I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Like now you know, like, oh, the sharks are really invested. Like I kind of have the upper hand at the negotiation table, that's which right. I think that's exactly like what they caught on to. And they like leaned into that. Yeah. So Barbara teamed up with Mark for uh, 350K for 6%. Lori then teamed up for like with Robert for 450k for 6%, which uh was was quite uh, upping the ante just a little bit. But the founders, as you mentioned John, like they they really knew that they wanted not just a combination, but 
a combination of specific sharks. So they asked, hey, Lori, and hey, Mark, in your different partnerships, would you do it? <laughs> Lori and Mark immediately jump on it, and they're like, deal, uh, 450K yeah. for 6%, it's done. Uh, and of course, our founders take that deal. Poor Barbara. She looks so visibly <laughs> shook at the end of like, the segment. She really did. <laughs> Just like completely undercut by a fellow shark. And Mark, Mark completely threw her under the bus. I think they wanted the sharks. I think they knew they wanted sharks. That's yeah. why they wanted to get multiple sharks. Um, they didn't. They didn't need to come on the show. They didn't need the money. They need the connections. It'll save them a bunch of time. I think uh, you know. Justine coming from, you know, being the head of user experience in, for Google Classroom. And then Adrian mentioned that he was once upon a time, like one of the youngest directors trading equity on Wall Street. Um, you have two like really smart entrepreneurs coming into a business because Crochet gave them confidence, you know, and taught them that it's it's never too late to learn a new skill. You need to always be learning. Jory, hearing you talk about their story again reminded me of that comment about the youngest uh, director on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. That almost knocked me out of the deal. I was almost like, oh, hell no, I don't want to work with <laughs> no. these people. I don't need comments <laughs> like that. No, I don't want to work with that guy. What? Almost almost Why? knocked me out. But He's a prodigy. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear about a Wall Street prodigy. That's the kind of information you keep like hidden. You don't tell people that. <laughs> but he was a Wall Street prodigy because he was chasing someone else's definition of success, John, and he uh, broke away from it. How could you not really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I we stand Adrian in this house. <laughs> yes. No. Okay. So as we wrap up today's episode, quick question of these products. Who do you think wins today's episodes? We've got Squatty Potty, we've got Zips, and we got Woobles. I mean, Squatty Potty, hands down. I was trying to think of a good pun, but I can't. But Squatty Potty, for sure. A crap load of success. That's a crap load <laughs> of success. You know, <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear the desire to make Squatty Potty the winner. I'm going with Woobles. I think Woobles has bigger potential and a more transformative uh, company potentially. And I, I'm pretty into that. I also thought their overall presentation and pitch was stronger mm -hmm. uh, and they did a better job of getting me excited about their company, even though I happen to think the Squatty Potty concept brand and everything is brilliant. That's fair. In terms of products already existing in my house, <laughs> Squatty Potty wins. <laughs> uh, I feel like potentially things. So I've never tried to learn crochet, but it, it actually got me questioning like maybe I want to learn how to crochet a little penguin. So maybe, maybe I was sick of that. We all need woobles now. <laughs> yes. We watched we watched one Shark Tank episode and we we're like, yes, yeah. like talking about a prize. It's gonna be a huge hit. Definitely. And like, especially if they diversify, like if they get into that, yeah. that's that's a huge success. Today's episode is written and produced by Matthew Brown. If you like what you hear, or eh, if you hate what you hear, subscribe to the show. I mean, leave us a review if you want, tell a friend or a personal enemy about us, but honestly, hitting that subscribe or follow button is really the most helpful, favorite person of mine thing you can do. We'll see you in the tank next week for another bite. <laughs>